Fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z. Joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Uh, not too bad. Um, especially after watching this week's well, this movie for today. Yeah, we can't say week anymore. No, because fucking it's October. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you somehow miss, that's the reason we're doing doubles all this month. It's it's October. That's our Halloween present to you guys. Yeah, you have to celebrate because I I remember even like um. Growing up, like, I love Cinemassacre and, like, the angry video game nerd and whatnot. Yeah. He would always do on his website, uh, Monster Madness, where every single day he would do, like, a five to ten minute video on a movie. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say every day. I'm like, we're not doing every day. There's no, no way. <laughs> no, even he, yeah, there would be, like, five to ten minute, like, little, like, quick, like, encapsulations of the movie he's talking about that day kind of thing. Okay, that could work. I, that's something I always loved about, like, this season is because people do stuff like that. Like, Cinemasker brought Monster Madness back uh, this year. I found this new guy on YouTube called Dr. Gangrene. Yeah? Where every day this month he is doing a monster movie that also has to have a mad scientist. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so he's just, like, he's basically doing it as, like, a horror host. I think he's a local horror host for, like... I don't know exactly what state, but he's, like, very local kind of thing. It's not like how, like, Sven is, like, he was local and then he went, like, nationwide, like, a decade ago with Me TV. So it's not just us doing the extra stuff. Everyone's kind of getting into it. Yeah, and it's something that makes me excited about this time of year as well, because, like, all these people that I love that put out great content will just, like, maximize their content this month. Oh, good. That makes me feel not so weird with how much we're doing. Yeah. No, no, no. If anything, uh, we're lacking. Oh, we can do more. <laughs> Every single day we're doing a movie. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. We're fucking burnt out so hard. By day like <laughs> 20, we're like fucking throbbing with whatever. What the fuck are we even watching? I don't know. I hate horror movies now. Uh, I don't think that would happen. But anyway, this is Trick or Treat from 2007, written and directed by Michael Doherty, which... We did one of his movies before we did Krampus, right? Yeah, we had, uh, uh, well, we did Krampus of his, and we did uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, that's right. That is him as well. Him and 50 other people, but yes. Yes. Um, And you forgot, Greg, he is also a producer on this movie. Oh, did he get Trifecta? He got the Edward Trifecta. Oh, hell yeah. Well done, Michael Doherty. Yeah, that's a, you believed in your project, and it definitely showed through, because holy fuck, I love this movie. Oh, this movie's great. I think this, no offense to the man with the William Shatner mask, and I won't say a bad word about that, but if you ask me what's the one horror movie that truly encapsulates Halloween more than anything else, it's Trick or Treat. Oh, 100%. Because like you said, I absolutely love Halloween and love Michael Myers, but the fact that it's set on Halloween, it could be set on Easter. It's more of a bonus than the plot point. Yeah, and it definitely adds to the movie, where if this was, like, an Easter horror movie, and it was called, like, Hoppy Easter or whatever, and yeah. it was Michael Myers, but he was still in a Shatner mask and whatnot, because why not? It wouldn't have that same draw to it, 100%. Where it, Since it is on Halloween, you watch all of those movies, even, like, Resurrection, which fucking sucks, you'll still watch it this month, because it's a Halloween movie. Yeah, but it's... The plot would remain largely the same, like you said, if it was any other day of the year. Yeah, instead of a haunted house like that he like stays in, it would be a haunted um, Easter egg patch, if that's a thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be. But if you took Trick or Treat out of Halloween, you don't have a movie. Oh, no, because everything, it's all about, like, uh, Sam is 100% Sam Hain. Like, he overlooks and makes sure everyone does everything right. There's trick-or-treaters, there's buying costumes, there's getting candy, there's carving pumpkins, there's everything. Oh yeah, don't forget to help me with the eyes. Oh god, yeah, that's... <laughs> what. Talk about a fucking twist that I did not see coming. No, and it almost gets me every time, like it takes me a minute to remember every time when I watch that, I love it. Yeah. But uh, it kicks off with this trick-or-treat safety video, just real quick, 
And then we this we cut to this couple. They're coming home. They're older. They're not teenagers or anything. They're clearly adults. They have a house and everything. Which, I want to know, are they out trick-or-treat? Oh, they're in the parade. That's right. We find out later. Yeah, the giant Halloween parade that they have downtown. That is always amazing in the movies. But no town ever does. We have a Halloween parade. Yeah, but it's not that good. I don't know. Ours is actually pretty cool. I like ours. Like, it's not that level as that. But it's not bad, honestly. Like, my town. I've been to yours. Yours is okay. I was gonna, are you talking about your town or my town? Yeah, mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, because my... I mean, you saw the one they do in my town. Which, I mean, yeah. they do do a Halloween parade. But it's also, like, 30 minutes. And most of it are, like, advertising. And yeah. then it's basically over then. Yeah, but this one's wild. And I guess that's what they're coming back from. And also, by the way, this is an anthology. But not, like, this story cut to title card. This story... It, it's running through the whole thing. Oh, which I am very critical about anthology movies. Like, I love Creepshow and Creepshow 2. I love Body Bags. But even in those ones, there's parts of it that you're like, eh, this one, this kind of part of the story is kind of lagging and whatnot. I love how they inter, like, they intercross, like, all the stories together almost perfectly. Oh, yeah. Here at the very beginning, you see, uh, fuck, what's her name? Rhonda? Yeah. Yeah, you see Rhonda, like, uh, crossing the street with her, like, red wagon that has the pumpkins on it that's in a later segment, and... Yeah, and the thing is, though, at the beginning, you have no idea. You think there's extras walking around, and it's so cool, like, how it all ties together and everything. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're coming back home, and the wife blows out the jack-o'-lantern, and the husband's like, it's bad luck to blow it out before midnight or something like that. She doesn't care. She wants to take down all the Halloween stuff because her mom's coming. I was going to say, the rule is, you do not blow out a jack-o'-lantern, you let it go out on its own. Is it? Do you actually follow that? Because I won't yes. lie, I blow mine out, and oh, I think Sam knows I, I have enough Halloween spirit, he's cool with it. I'm Greg. worried about fires. Greg, Greg, Greg. And, no. well, you know what? I haven't actually used a candle in, like, ten years. I just use a oh. little electric thing now. Oh, Jesus, so you're, like, even worse then. It's not even like... Well, no, because those I'll leave on all night. Yeah, but the, that's what I would do is I would forget that they were on and I would like burn through so many of them. I just use those tiny little key like tea candles that like burn for like two hours, then they're gone. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I used to have like regular candles in there. I was afraid of fire. And you know what? If my house burns down because a jack-o'-lantern caught on fire, that is what Halloween willed. I, <laughs> the, the house is now sacrificed to Sam Hain. Thank you. Thank you, oh Lord. <laughs> But anyway, she does that. She starts tearing it down. And look, she acts like it's going to be a 20-minute process, the way she's talking to the husband almost. Yeah. And there's no way. Do you see how decked out their yard is? You're looking at four or five hours, lady. Oh, God. Even, like, I, my yard is nowhere near what theirs was. And mine takes, you know, an hour to two hours to completely take down every year. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're working on that for at least four hours. Like, they are so decked out. And then, like, if your mother-in-law is going to be that perturbed about your Halloween decorations, number one, I'd be like, fuck you, this is my house, I'm doing what I want to do. And number two, it's like, why are you so, like, against Halloween to this degree? Like, you're going to have an aneurysm if you come over and see my decorations? Like, well, fuck you, don't come over on the first then. <laughs> come over on the fifth. Because if you exactly. come over on the 1st, if you come over on November 1st to my house, number one, you're de dealing with a very depressed Brett from Dimension Z, because I know I'm the furthest away from Halloween that you can be. Yeah. Like, it just That's, ended. That is the furthest, you're right. Yeah, it just ended. Now I have to deal with, like, the realization of, like, the C word is coming, you know? Yes. Oh, so she's tearing everything down. They have these little, like, ghosts set up, like, with the classic sheet and everything like that. And she's taking them down, and she puts them in a box, and then she opens the box again, and one of the sheets leaps out at her and tackles her, and it's really the thing inside the sheet. Yeah, and then we come to find out that it's Sam. And I love, like, at the very beginning of the movie, when, like, you see the couple walk up, and she blows out the pumpkin. Sam, like, gasps. He's like, oh! <gasps> Like, that she would do that, and then he walks over to the pumpkin, looks back down at it, sees that it's still not lit, and then he's like, oh. Like, he's making, like, sounds like he's completely shocked. Like, how dare somebody blow out a pumpkin? Like, she just offended his great ancestors somehow. He's very upset by this. 
Which, honestly, she did. So she deserves to die. I guess Sam's some sort of Halloween demon, so yeah, it makes sense. Or Halloween a- demon to some, angels to others, whatever. <laughs> oh, sh- shut up, pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> but then the husband goes outside, she doesn't come back in, and he takes the ghost sheet off, and he finds her dead there, and with the lollipop shoved in her mouth, and she's basically, like, crucified up there. Well, it's really weird, too, where, like, their relationship seems weird, where, like, they get home, and he immediately wants to start fooling around, because he's having a great time on Halloween, and he's like, I'm having a great time, there's one thing that could make tonight even better, and that's having sex with my lovely lady. Yeah. And she's having none of it, and he gets all, like, pouty and whatnot, and then I love where she's like, go ahead, put on the tape, and then, like, he puts in the tape, and it's labeled, like, nature video or something. Yeah. And it's just a porno. <laughs> yeah. Was it theirs or was it a porno? Well, no, it was just a porno. It wasn't theirs. All right. 2007. Some people still had tapes with that. Well, but I love how, too, like, uh, as, like she, like, gets attacked by Sam and screams. The boyfriend or husband or whatever it is wakes up for, like, a minute, and he looks at the video, and it's, like, hardcore, like, porn's going on. And then he, like, smiles and falls right back asleep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then, like I said, after, I guess, a few hours later, he goes out and finds her there. And then we get, I think, honestly, the coolest opening credits that we've had in any movie we've covered yet. Yeah, I enjoy the comic book panels and, like, the comic book pages and whatnot and the covers of Sam. And it's explaining a little bit of what's going on. But if it's your first time watching it, you don't really know. But if this is, like, if you're like me and you watch this, like, a hundred times a year... Uh, you're like, oh shit, I see the kids, and then there's the school bus kids, and there's Rhonda, and there's like, oh, there's the jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, it is really cool, and there was supposed to be a comic book series. I think it still did come out, but they came out alongside the movie. I can't remember if it was IDW or Wildstorm or who was supposed to put it out, but that's why they kind of lean into a lot of the comic book stuff. Which, oh god, if this even became like a, like do uh, four issues every October. It did come out, though. I know that. Yeah, but, like, have it, like, continue every year. Where, like, here's uh, your new, like, batch of Sam stories, you know? Did that feel a little creep show derivative to you, though? I mean, a little bit, but all of these, after any of the anthology after creep show, feels a little like creep show. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's true. Because that one was, like, the Mac Daddy of all of them, you know? Yeah. Next, we cut to the giant Halloween parade we already referenced in Celebration. It's a fictional town called Warren Valley, Ohio. There is no Warren Valley, Ohio, as far as I could tell. Right. And we cut to these four girls getting Halloween costumes, and they're all going out as princesses. Did you catch the little boy, like, being the peeping Tom, looking at them changing? He's going from, like, booth to booth, like, changing booth to changing booth, like, peeking in that tiny little crack that they're, that's for some reason there, still to this day in 2021, little side tangent, you go to, like, a public restroom, there's still that tiny little crack where sometimes you're, like, make eye contact with the person while you're sitting on the bowl. Oh, it's the worst. I hate it. I hate it, because you're immediately, like, I can't shit anymore now. (laughs) But I love how, like, the mom runs up and, like, comes banging on the door, and they're, like, Ladies, there's children out here. And it's like, well, maybe your children shouldn't be, like, spying on us. Yeah. But the reason I bring that kid up, do you know who that is? No. That's Sam. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah, it's the same actor who plays Sam throughout the rest of the movie. Oh, that's cool. So it's cool you got to see his face like that kid who played him at one point, too. Is his name Quinn Lord? I'm not positive. Holy shit, it is. Because I always have letterbox up whenever we do these things just to look at people's names and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, the actor or actress, I believe it's an actor's name, is Quinn Lord. That's a fucking badass name. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That's up there. So they're all getting their costumes, and when they're checking out, the girl tells the cashier to meet her when he gets off. Apparently, he's getting off on Halloween night, and he works at the costume store in like an hour, which I'm calling bullshit on, but whatever. Well, it's also another thing, like um, in uh, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, when they're, ho- they're costume shopping like half an hour before trick-or-treating. Yeah, but I mean, that does happen. Some people have parties or something last minute and decide to, I guess. But you never get good costumes like that. You know what? Oh, no, you're screwed. It's like, you're left with, like, you're either going to be Scream, 
some random Star Wars character that looks like really, it's like a shitty Darth Vader, you know? <laughs> yeah, but she tells the cashier to meet them when he's off. Two of the others get dates by the news crew just by asking them, like, wow, that equipment looks heavy. And then the one who's not so sexed up looking doesn't have a date yet. They keep referring to her as, like, she's the virgin, this is going to be her first time. So we don't, we're thinking that they're talking about, of course, like, when you say virgin, you're thinking, like, what everyone virgin. else is thinking. You're not thinking, yeah. oh, she's a werewolf virgin, she's never eaten a man alive before. Yeah, because they make it seem like they come to this little town every year, they get some guys every year, which is basically what they're saying, and then they leave for right. the year. They let none of this on. Also, that girl's played by the girl who played Rogue in all the original X-Men movies, and I forget her real name, oh. but I know she's like a big actress. That's right. Okay, that that is right, because now that you say that, I see it. Yeah. I always enjoyed Rogue, like her as Rogue in those X-Men movies. I always enjoyed her. She was always good. Well, she was the main character in those early ones, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like the silver streak in her hair. I don't know why. I just always thought it looked really awesome. Oh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, we cut next to this kid, Charlie, walking around just smashing pumpkins and getting candy. He's not dressed up or anything, even, I don't think. Yeah, he has a shirt that says, this is my Halloween costume, doesn't he? Yeah, um, it's the kid from Bad Santa. Yes, and he must be a Doherty kid because he's also in Krampus. Yes. Like, so it's one of those actors he likes to work with, is this kid. The very first time I saw him pop up in this movie, I was like, holy shit, it's the curly-haired kid from Bad Santa. Like, one of the only C movies that I like. He goes up to the house and there's a sign that's like, please just take... Well, no, it doesn't say just take one, does it? I think it says help yourself or something. Rain well, no. out, help yourself. It's like, it was almost like, be back in five minutes. Please take one. And like, one is like the, it's super bold and underlined like twice. Piece of candy. <laughs> uh, this kid's having none of that. He just reaches in, takes a giant handful. And right then the house owner shows up behind him and clearly knows who he is. He's like, what are you doing, Charlie? It turns out starts lies. He goes, don't waste a good lie on me. Yeah, I love that line of, don't waste a good line on this. It's only candy. Yeah. Like, trick-or-treating, did you ever go get those houses where it was, like, they just left the bowl on the porch and it said, please take one? So rarely, I'm not sure if I actually ever did. I would run into them every once in a while, and I never took the entire bowl, but I would take, like, three pieces, you know? Yeah, which, understandable. I'm not taking just one, you know? And it depends on what they have. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's when you get to sort through the bowl and be like, holy shit, they got a lot of Smarties. And you take all the Smarties. <laughs> I do like me some Smarties. Kid knows the guy. He's the principal at the school, we'll find out. Uh, Mr. Wilkins, that's his name. Yes. And he's like, why don't you sit down? And he, Mr. Wilkins just starts carving a jack-o'-lantern. And he's talking to him about how people don't understand the traditions of Halloween anymore. Sure, they go through the motions, but they don't get it. This kid does not care. He's just sitting there munching on all the candy. Oh, yeah, because the principal is like, go ahead and help yourself. Of and later on, you're like, of course he's trying to, like, make him eat more, more of this candy. Oh, yeah, because right then, Charlie starts puking up, like, chocolate and blood. And the principal's like, most important rule, always check your candy. Yeah, which I'm guessing, like, they don't exactly, like, make it apparent what happened. I'm guessing it's the, like, razor blades and the candy bars. Oh, I thought it was just poison. I thought it was poison at first as well, but then you're seeing, like, the amount of blood that he's, like, immediately throwing up. Oh, I just took that as horror movie blood. How we always get way more oh, than yeah. there actually is. But I always, like, and my thing, the biggest trope you always hear is, like, the razor blades in the candy. Like, you hear about poison or, like, needles, but... A lot of times it's razor blades. So I almost, I took it as that, especially later on when Sam is uh, fighting the old man. And Sam's weapon is a razor blade and a candy bar. The Holly Ho bar. Yes. It might be razor blades. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's tampered candy. And he starts puking up everywhere. So always check your candy. They like establish these rules. Like we were talking about the don't extinguish a jack-o'-lantern before midnight. Always check your candy. It's kind of a recurring theme throughout this movie. Oh, yeah. It's very simple rules if you want to survive Halloween. <laughs> he carries him inside, gets him in, and then is interrupted by trick-or-treaters. And it's kids who will come by later saying that they need some jack-o'-lanterns for a scavenger hunt for charity. They know he's the principal. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And they also take candy. And who's with them, Brett? Oh, Sam. I I think this is adorable, and I don't know why. This little scene of Sam taking the candy, then running off the porch. It gets me chuckle and warms my heart every time. 
Well, yeah, because I know, like, Principal Wilkins is completely, like, preoccupied with, like, something else. And, like, the, the rest of the kids leave, and Sam's just still set, the, like you said, just standing there on the porch. And he kind of looks down, and he's like, oh, didn't you get one? And he gives him a candy bar, which I think is the candy bar that he uses as the weapon. Oh, I think you're right now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. Because he takes, like, a full-size candy bar, and like you said, he, like... So, like, joyfully, like, goes running off the porch, and I love how he's, like, dragging his candy bag behind him, and it's all muddy. Oh, I love it. Uh, you know what? This could have been a very different movie if he didn't see Sam and give him the candy bar. Sam doesn't take kindly to people who don't give out candy to trick-or-treaters. Yeah, what if he was like, go fuck yourself, and he slammed the door in his face? Now Sam's going after him. Yes, exactly. That's uh, the best decision this Wilkins man ever made. But he's out in the back burying another kid, mind yes. you. This isn't Charlie. So just saying, count on the dead if you want to make that distinction. There's another dead kid that he's, almost dead kid he's burying in the backyard. And this is a swerve because you think he's hiding it from him. His kid is inside yelling <laughs> out to him while he's trying to bury this kid. And it seems like he's hiding it from the kid, but which makes no sense later. I don't know what's going on. Well, he's almost like, um, because the kid is screaming out the top of his, like, the top of the house window, like, as loud as he can. And I almost take it as the dad, Principal Wilkins, is being like, shut up, you're drawing attention to me burying these children's bodies in the backyard. <laughs> what is he now, now go watch Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown is an asshole! He yells back at him. Which, every time, like, I hear that line now, knowing that you don't like Charlie Brown, I think of you. <laughs> and I'm the dad. I'm the dad shouting up to you, being like, Charlie Brown's awesome, go watch The Great Pumpkin. And you're shouting down, being like, Charlie Brown sucks, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> But the neighbor's dog starts barking, and so he throws a severed finger over to the barking neighbor's dog to keep him quiet. Which, if he's trying to keep this on the down low, that's the worst move you could make, but whatever. Yeah, you're literally throwing body parts around your, like, neighborhood now. Yeah. The kid starts waking up, and he kills him for real, like, shovel to the head. Charlie isn't the one that's waking up. I think it's the other kid. Oh, did I say Charlie? I didn't mean Charlie. I meant the kid in the hole starts waking up. Okay, because I, I, for years, I always took it as, okay, that was like almost last year's kill, and now this is, Charlie is this year's kill. But Charlie stays dead. The other kid's the one that wakes up, I noticed, like, a, a few watches ago. Yeah. He kills him for real. Also, during this, at some point, the neighbor's yelling at him, what's that smell? He says something about septic. The neighbor's kind of a dick to him. Uh, Cree is his name, right? Yeah, uh, Creed or Cree, um, I forget. Nah, it's something like that. But anyway, he's going back in because he can't stand his son. He's muttering, like, mocking his son the whole way. He's like, I wish mom was still around. I want you to take me to the parade. He can't stand this kid, so I don't like his chances going in. As he's going in, he hears his neighbor who just yelled at him, tapping on the window, like, saying, help me. He goes, go fuck yourself, and keeps going inside. And just for a split second, you see Sam tackle the neighbor, which we will come back to later. It's a Mr. Krieg. Uh, K-R-E-E-G. Okay, that's going to be helpful. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's not Mr. Creed, where I, I was about to go into singing a Creed song, but I couldn't think of one. <laughs> that's a good thing. Him and his son go downstairs to carve jack-o'-lanterns, and you think he kills his son. And this is one of the best swerves in the movie, if you ask yeah. me. Because we establish he gets mad at his son and everything already going down. Oh yeah, it's very built up about, like, his son is annoying, like, he wants nothing to do with him. Even, like, he's like, let's go to the parade, and he's like, I don't want to go to the parade yet, I have a date. And even when the dad's taking the son downstairs, the son's being annoying where he's doing that little kid thing where he's jumping on each step one by one. <laughs> I still do that sometimes. <laughs> when I go outside off my porch, I do that once in a while if I'm in oh, a good God. mood. I would definitely fall immediately and hurt myself. Well, no, you know, my porch is like a step off the ground. Yeah, but I would do it and I would step in something slippery and like hurt my back. And I'll be like, fuck, man fair the kid again is like don't forget to help me with the eyes and you see that mr wilkins raise the knife up and slam down and it's cut so well you think it's right in the kid's head but it's not it's in charlie's head so this kid's a little psychopath along with the dad and the jack-o'-lantern they're carving is out of charlie's face 
Yeah, which is a fucking awesome reveal. And, like, not I wouldn't say, like, I like serial killers, but I enjoy reading about them and hearing about them. And it's almost like a thing of, like, oh, my God, it's a serial killer, and he's raising his son to be one as well. Oh, yeah, I'm the same way. The reason I don't typically like to cover real-life serial killers on it, I'm like, well, that's a real thing. I don't want to talk about it too much. But, no, it's very interesting to learn about it. And 100%, that would make two generations of them if this was real. Which, real quick, like, thing just for my own life. The very first time I brought Liz to my house, when I was still living with my parents, so it was me taking her up to my attic room. And I had, like, uh, uh, the last podcast on the left had, like, a serial killer bingo poster that I got. And it has, like, all the heavy hitters on there. Ed Gein's on there, John Wayne Gacy, Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer, um, fucking weird oddball ones and whatnot. She said the first time she saw that, she was like, oh, no. And she was a little bit afraid for a minute. <laughs> well, that's smart on Liz's part. Good job, Liz. Yeah, we're glad he stayed around, but good, good. Uh, self-preservation there. Yeah, good, yeah, at least, yeah, good, like, checking your surroundings and whatnot, but she was like, yeah, at first I was like, oh, he's into those serial killer things. Is he weird? Yes. Well, yes, but not in that way. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's smart. I'll let let slip that you just called Manson a serial killer, but okay. But, yeah, well, I mean, I know he's not. And Ed (laughs) Dean technically isn't either. He only killed two people. It takes three people to be a serial killer. Very good. We cut back to the trick-or-treaters after that whole lovely scene with Don't Forget to Help Me With the Eyes, which is just one of my favorites. Yes. Um, and were there four of them before? Because there's four of them now. What? Trick-or-treaters. I thought it was just the three at first. But anyway, the one yeah, guy, they're... they go to this girl Rhonda's house. She's the weird girl. And they get her to come with them also because she has a ton of jack-o'-lanterns. And they allegedly need jack-o'-lanterns. Which is honestly, looking at Rhonda's house, my house has looked like that for the last two years. Where, like, last year when um, the trick-or-treaters came around, one of my neighbors came by, and they, the little kid goes, you know how many pumpkins you have? And I go, no, I don't exactly know how many. And he's like, 56. And he's like, me and my dad count them every uh, day before school when I'm waiting on the school bus. I'm like, he's learning to count on my own pumpkins. I'm like, oh! Cool. That's good. That's nice that you can have something like that. Yeah, at least that was better than, like, uh, sometimes I get the parents to come around. Because, of course, I put, like, all of my stuff outside when trick-or-treaters come around. So it's, like, my severed arms and legs, my skeletons, my, like, dead bodies. Everything's out in the front porch. Some kids and parents love it. And there's a couple of them that every single year they, like, scoff at me. And I'm, I, like, wave a severed arm at them. I'm like, happy Halloween! And they're like, uh-huh. And they're, like, ushering their children away. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. This is what this is all about. <laughs> yeah, so they get Rhonda with them. We cut out to this couple making out in an alleyway. And the girl starts noticing she's bleeding. And it cuts to the guy. He has, like, fangs. And she has blood all over her. She runs away through the alley into the parade. And, of course, everyone thinks she's a drunk person with fake blood all over her. Oh, yeah, because she runs into the couple that from the very beginning of the movie. The robot and the uh, night guy. You know, she's being chased by a vampire, and no one's going to believe her. It's Halloween. The guy finds her, kills her for good, and props her up like she passed out on the sidewalk up against the building and just leaves. Yeah, where, like, she's bloody, but she he, like, props her up against, like, other people that are, like, passed out that were, like, zombies. So no one's going to know. How big is Halloween in this fake town? It's like Mardi Gras, like old school Mardi Gras down here. That's what I'm saying. I need to live here. Like, this is what (laughs) I've always dreamed of. Our group of trick-or-treaters, along with Rhonda, go to the rock quarry, and the girl tells the bus story. Which is a fuck, it's a super fucked up story, but, and it's super dark, but it's another reason I love it. To where, like, at, uh, this year at Spirit Halloween, there's a they made a picture of the bus and like all the kids in front of it. And I have that now just like in my house of like a picture of all these kids dressed up in like Halloween costumes. Yeah. I've saw that picture. That's really cool. This is actually the first scene I saw from this movie because little like history of the movie came out in 2007, but it only came out to like the festival circuit then like film festivals and stuff. And then 
did that for like two years and got a straight to video release for home viewing in 2009. And I saw it the following year. I remember in 2010, cause I was in college hanging out with some people and they were watching it and it was on the bus scene. Like, like showed up and I remember I'm watching like what the hell is this I've never seen it and then I watched the rest of the movie so this is like my introduction to trick-or-treat was this scene here yeah it's really unfortunate like you brought up how this movie was like released where like they had the initial thing it got like I'm, I'm pretty sure I read that it got like a lot of praise and then it's like they had no idea what to do with it and sat on it for two years and then just released it straight to dvd but you know what? It found such a following. It's become huge. And I think it's worked out perfect for them, like for this movie. Like everyone knows Trick or Treat. I was talking to uh, my sister-in-law the other day and she was asking me about because she's that spirit. She's like, what is that? And I was telling her I started the trailer and everything. It's still everywhere around Halloween. So I think it still worked out for the movie in the end. Oh, God, like 60 percent of Spirit Halloween stock is Trick or Treat related. And then 40 percent. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. And like a 0.1% everything else. Which I am not whatsoever complaining about because I love Trick or Treat. But I have to stop myself from having like the Trick or Treat refrigerator, the Trick or Treat stove, <laughs> you know, the Trick or Treat uh, shower head. You know, it's like because yeah. they have everything. You know? Yeah, it's definitely huge there. But the bus story, if you don't know, I'll give the quick and simple version of it. There's these kids, I don't know if they were supposed to be troublemakers or if they had like learning disabilities or what it is. But anyway, the parents were ashamed of this group of kids and paid to have them bus to a town miles away for school. And eventually the parents decided they couldn't take it anymore. They paid off the bus driver. All the parents together chipped in to kill the kids by driving the bus off the quarry and killing the kid. But the vampire kid is on Halloween, so all these kids are in their kind of terrifying Halloween costumes. <laughs> the vampire kid catches on right away when the bus driver makes a wrong turn. They're going, wrong way, wrong way. Yeah, which I love their costumes, like you said. Like, the one kid's costume is just, like, a paper bag with, like, a mouth cut out from, like, a magazine, but it's super creepy looking. The vampire yeah. kids mask I love that they sell that at uh, Spirit, and that's actually one I would love to have, like to put on my wall. I like the bunny too. I'm partial to the yeah. bunny. I think it's terrifying. Yeah, because it's like the head is weird and boxy and whatnot, and it's yeah, it's very like they're very old school looking costumes. Like when you like everyone's seen that picture of like it's like the uh, Halloween during like the Depression. Yeah, where it's like they're wearing like literal jack o' lanterns on their heads. Like it kind of reminds <laughs> you of that. Yeah. So he takes him to the quarry. You also see a quick glimpse of Sam. So Sam's kind of like eternal because I'm con I'm pretty sure this was supposed to be a very long time ago. Well, yeah, because um, I mean, later on, spoiler alert, we find out that Doctor uh, Mister Krieg it was the bus driver, and he shows up in a later uh one of the later stories. And he's much older now than he was in the flashback. It has to be at least 30 or 40 years, I would say. Yeah, so Sam's like an eternal child. Yeah, where, is that where the bus goes by and Sam is like poking a dead bird and lifting it up with a stick? Yes. Yeah, it's just great. <laughs> he's, so he's, cute. Just like, he's like, mm, creepy and bloody. I like it. <laughs> but they get to the quarry, he parks the bus right in front of it. He goes out and... Acts like he's giving all the kids candy, but he's checking these chains where they're all chained into their seats. But Vampire Wrong Way Kid gets himself free and knows something's up. So he tries driving the bus, but doesn't know how to drive, obviously, and ends up driving the whole bus off the cliff anyway, but with the driver in it. Driver survives, got away. No one knows what happened to him. That's the bus story. Right. And it, yeah, it's super fucked up and sad. And I love that, like, this is a, this is one part where this story could be said on any uh, day. But I love the little added fact that it was like, on Halloween, this bus driver killed all these kids in their costumes. You know, it's just, adds, it's a little extra layer. Yeah. Um. So the trick-or-treaters are at the quarry, and the girl told that story, that, I, like we said. And so they're going to take eight jack-o'-lanterns down to the lake and leave them for the eight victims. But only three can go down the little, like, mine shaft elevator thing at once, which I don't know why they're going down this thing to begin with, but okay. Well, it's also just one of those, like, young kids, like, spooky tales that, like, an adventure they're doing on Halloween, you know? Yeah. 
where like I remember like ever there was like a big train bridge in the town I grew up in and we would like all go walk across that in our costumes when we were trick-or-treating because it was like really like kind of high up now like looking at back it probably wasn't but it was just like a creepy old bridge and it would go over like a dark like railroad tracks and you could see the tunnel in the distance and it was just oh, cool. creepy it was one of the it's an atmospheric thing I would almost take it as the picture of the train comes, you're all hanging, they're going, jump, Michael! That's what's going on. I'm just I'm just shirtless with a saxophone at like nine years old, <laughs> thrusting. Just, I believe! But also, while this is going on, you get a quick shot back, which I'll include it here because it's important later. The Red Riding Hood girl, aka Rogue, can't find a date to go to the party where the others have already got. And the vampire guy looks and sees her, makes eye contact, cuts back to the story. But that's important, so I'll include it. Right. Um, the elevator comes back up for Rhonda and the boy dressed as a pirate, and they start going down. But as they're going down, it's real foggy. You can't really see the bottom, but you can see the jack lanterns lights, which is a really cool like way to do this. Because you hear screaming, and as they're hearing the screaming, they see the jack lanterns go out one by one, like on the way down. Yeah, it's really weird, and it's really creepy how they do it. Because you're thinking about, like, now you're, like, your point of view, or you're these kids going down, like, and seeing this and you're going down to the level that this is happening on and you're stuck in a cage yeah it's really effective way of like oh fuck there's nothing you can do when you can see it happening storytelling like it's really good horror done well yeah there's no being like okay just reverse the uh elevator no this is like an old elevator thing and then when they get down there the pirate boy says he's scared Rhonda goes to look for them tells him to stay there keep the jack-o-lantern lit it will protect him Rhonda didn't help the other kids too well, but okay. Yeah, where um, but I also love that she also uh, like believes in Sam and like the spirit of Halloween kind of thing, where she's like the oh, jack o' lantern yeah. will protect you. Like I like her. <laughs> yeah, Rhonda's cool. So she's on her way, like investigating, and she finds the bus wreckage just kind of like there, and then the zombie prank. All the kids jump out and scare, her, and that's it. And she does hit her head real hard, and it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it does that kid thing where, like, anytime you've messed with one of your friends and they get a little too hurt or something happens you didn't expect, and you have that, like, oh, fuck feeling in your chest, you're like, you're okay, you're all right, you're not bleeding, you're fine. Oh, no, it's the consequences of my actions. Yeah. Run! (laughs) Um, They all get ready to leave after all dust settles, and then they start hearing voices down there. Obviously, Rhonda thinks this is just them messing with them still. still. And the real eight kids who are, like, zombified now, I guess, because they're still kids, like, at least 30 years later. So I guess they're kind of, like, undead. Yeah, I would take it as that. And they come back and attack Rhonda. I mean, not attack Rhonda, attack the other kids. And they all run to the elevator. Rhonda's the only one in there, leaves them there to get killed by the eight zombie children. Yeah, and I love how, like, okay, so she, like, then it cuts to, like, it's uh, the elevator getting back to the top and her walking off the elevator. And she's walking back to, like, her um little red wagon thing. And here comes Sam. He's just, like, watching what's going on. And it's almost like him and Rhonda pass each other and do, like, a little nod where they, they're both like, I understand you. I respect you. You know? Yeah, a little nod of acknowledgement to each other. I think this is really cool, too, because, I mean, not cool. Oh, done well, but it's kind of sad when you feel bad for Rhonda, even though like she got like came out on top. But I just feel bad for the poor kids. Some kids were actually hanging out with her on clearly her favorite holiday, but they were just being mean to her the whole time. Yeah, for a minute she's like, "Oh, look, I might have some new friends," and then they're yeah, just, just complete assholes. <laughs> yeah, I just feel really bad for her. Um, cut back to the vampire guy and our Red Riding Hood girl. He gets her. Her name's Lori. Yes. But then we cut to the party where all the girls are with the guys and everything. And the vampire guy is dropped into the party, like, from the sky. Well, from the trees. Yeah, like, he's thrown from, like, above the trees and just, like, lands with a thud. Yeah. And the one girl goes up to him and takes off the mask. And it's Mr. Wilkins with fake teeth. He's not really a vampire. Which is a fucking huge twist once again, because if you're thinking, like, I've seen a bunch of anthology movies before this one. They already did that character. He's out of my mind now. He's not going to show back up. Or if he does, it's going to be a tiny little thing. 
Not that he's It'll be like the robot in the parade, like a real quick thing like that. Right. Not and not that he's going to be like a major part of one of the other stories as well. Yeah, and I want to know what these teeth were made out of though cuz they nearly killed a girl before. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing that it they kind of did unless they like get her help immediately, like Yeah, like I don't think they're the regular like plastic vampire teeth. This it almost reminds me of um fuck, what's the Nicolas Cage movie with the vampire? Curse of the Vampire? It might be that. Um Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. What's Curse of the Vampire? Why do I think of That's that? That's another. I one. don't know. But it's okay. when he thinks he's a vampire and he goes into like the oddity shop. <laughs> and he's like, I want those teeth. And the guy's like, that'll be 50 bucks. And he's like, I don't have $50. How about those ones? And it's like those cheap little plastic fangs. And he's like, a dollar. He's like, yes, I will take these. <laughs> <laughs> That's It's him. And then Lori shows up and now she's all hot looking. Like she's. She's sexed up her Red Riding Hood costume to match the others. Yeah, she doesn't look like she's five anymore, like she said earlier. <laughs> yes. And then Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson starts playing over the scene, which is honestly an awesome music choice for what's going on right here. Yeah. And the girls are werewolves, and they shed their skin. Some, like, pull their skin off, but what Lori does is that is badass and awesome, like, it's like a girl unzipping her dress. She reaches behind, but she's unzipping her skin with her nail. It's yeah. wild. Yeah, and, like, you can see, like, where they're, like, kind of transforming and, like, their spines are changing under their skin and their, like, faces are, like, morphing into other shit and whatnot, you know? Yeah. It's really cool. And also you notice that there's a pile of other dead guys who we saw alive earlier just spread around here at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, at this point, Principal Wilkins looks over, and like you said, like, every, all these van, uh, people, are, all these, like, women are transforming uh, into werewolves, and there's this pile of dead bodies, and he's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and they shed their skin, and they eat them. That's, that's all that, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. I did like the, the double swerve. It's it's a vampire. Holy shit, we're doing vampires. No, it's just Mr. Wilkins. That would be silly if we had a vampire. But wait, the girls are werewolves, and that's real. I like the almost double swerve that they pulled on us with all of that. Oh yeah, this and it's another great thing about this movie. It keeps you on your toes. You don't know what's going to be happening next. Yeah, it's like you don't know about logic in this at all. Like, what's real, what's not type thing. And you're like, okay, this shit is, like, actually really connected. They're all different stories, but they're all taking place in the same town. Yeah, now, the next one's kind of our culmination, even though there's a little bit more that goes on. Because we have these three trick-or-treaters that go to this house, and they're scared away by a big, scary dog with a mask. And the owner takes their candy after they leave. It's not a big, scary dog, it's just a tiny dog with a cool mask. Yeah, it's like um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And what was the cute little dog's name in that? I forget what they said. Algonquin. Algonquin, yeah. Gonk, the punk rock poodle. <laughs> but it's Mr. Krieg, Mr. Wilkins' neighbor from earlier, and the bus driver from earlier. We don't know that, though, yet. That's just because we saw the movie. Yeah, where he, um, don't the, do the kids drop their bags and he takes the candy, or am I misremembering? Yes, you're right. Where uh, he goes back inside, and he's like, has he doesn't like Halloween whatsoever. He's a big grump, you know. Yeah. Where he's like switching around television, and he's watching like an infomercial on like making like this roast, which honestly looks really good. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting there watching this, being like, I'm hungry. <laughs> then he's flipping around, and it's like goes to like the History Channel, and it's about Halloween. Then there's like a horror movie on, and he's mad, and he goes back to the roast channel. And just starts chugging whiskey out of a bottle. Yeah, he's not having anything that's Halloween, he just switches. He, someone throws an egg at his house right about then, though. And he goes outside with a bat. He's looking for the sound. And we realize this is earlier in the night because we see the whole Mr. Wilkins burying the kid and all that. And that's pretty much what that is. So we know soon Sam's going to show up because they're playing with time here. Oh, right. Yeah, basically here we see, like, what happened earlier in the movie, but from his point of view, which is also kind of interesting, where I love when he's, like, walking back up on the steps, and Mr. Wilkins is like, Happy Halloween, and uh, Mr. Krieg's like, Screw you! <laughs> he's, um, the guy who plays Krieg, he's in a lot of movies. He's 
actually like, super well accomplished actor, but he's in a really cool horror movie called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Have you ever seen that? No, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah, he's in that. He's really good in there. I was going to say, Brian Cox, he's a movie, he, I mean, that's a name that you recognize. And, like, looking through these movies, yeah, I've seen, like, quite a few of these. Yeah, he's in everything, but really good actor. But then he goes up to the front of the house, and someone has put jack-o'-lanterns all over his front yard. Yeah, within, like, the last ten minutes. Yes, because we saw it open earlier when those kids came trick-or-treating, and it wasn't like that at all. There was a complete lack of jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> He hears the dog make a noise upstairs, so he goes upstairs, like, investigating, and there's a jack-o'-lantern up there that just shoots fire when he goes up to it, and there's writing all over the wall, and what's it say? I, I Something about trick-or-treat and random little mismatched words. What is it's, the writing? It's the trick-or-treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat, if you don't, I don't care, and then it was something about underwear. I'll, or I'll pull down your underwear. Okay, or I'll show. I could never remember. I'll show you my underwear, or I don't remember. Well, now it's getting weird. Well, if there's, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But it's not like an order. It's it's not written like a script. All the words are there, but it's just jumbled all together. Yeah, and they're almost written in like blood. Yeah, it's real scary looking. Uh, But yeah, like we said, the jack o' lantern shoots fire up, and then you see all that, and then he's stabbed in the leg from underneath the bed. Yeah, very um, Judd from Pet Cemetery. I was letting you make it because I knew you were going to make it. Uh, he shouldn't have gone down that rod. So Sam comes out and brandishes a razor blade candy bar and like kind of chases him out of the room. Not like chases him, but like he obviously leaves the room when he sees that. And he falls down the stairs on candy and glass and razor blades. Am I correct? Yeah, where, yeah, it's all kinds of glass and candy and razor blades where he like tripped over almost like little like hard candy balls kind of thing yeah and like then like so his hands are covered in glass which is excruciating when you see this like next scene i believe when he's trying to get out the door and he's trying to just unlock his own door his hands are like so fucked up that he's like almost screaming in agony yeah it's it's really cool i love that sam's so halloween themed how pissed do you think they were that the name candy man was already taken Oh, yeah, really? They're like, fuck! <laughs> goddamn Tony Todd! <laughs> but so, the, the fight starts downstairs, and Sam is strangling him, but then, and Krieg reaches up and kind of tears his mask off, like, just parts of it, though, like, not the full face reveal yet. And then, Sam bites his leg, and he gets shot by Krieg, and he gets triple-tapped. Not one, but three shots to Sam, so he's gotta be dead, right? Right, and he shoots his hand off. So, yeah, of course he has to be dead. I mean, even though he's a jack-o'-lantern boy, like, you blew his pumpkin guts out. Did we see the face yet? Yeah, we see the face by the time he shot, right? Yeah, where he does that screaming thing where his head's shaking back and forth. Yeah, his face is really cool under the mask. It's literally a kind of like a pumpkin. Yeah, he's a, he's a living jack-o'-lantern. Well, this is what I love the scene where Mr. Krieg points the shotgun at Sam, and Sam literally goes like, huh? <laughs> and he does like a cartoony look at it and that's when he gets shot and he like flings backwards into the wall is this where it's called 911 oh well yeah i think this yeah this is where he's like trying to dial and his hands are still fucked up so it's just taking him a minute and he realizes the cord is cut yeah when he, for what he tried to call like for the phone so he can't do it and then he gets stabbed by Sam's shot-off hand that's just there, not attached to Sam anymore, and then an evil dead crawls back to Sam's body. I was gonna say, this is so, like, that scene is so, like, evil dead and, like, such an homage to it, 100%. But it's, once again, once again, just done so well. Standing over him, about to kill him once he reforms and everything, Krieg's, like, down, Sam's gonna kill me. chomps his lollipop and makes it, like kind of like a dagger, which we see him use at the beginning of the movie, and reaches up to kill him, but he has the razor blade candy bar on his chest, Krieg does, and he stabs the candy bar. I think he took this as an offering of candy. Yeah, I'm guessing so. Where he's like, okay, you gave me candy, that's part of my thing, thanks, I'll leave, God damn it. I also have to say, I love Sam's, like, weapon of choice, like, his main weapon that's just the candy, like, the, uh, sucker that's, like, bitten. Yeah, it's really cool. It's creative, and that's the one that 
is classic. Even though the I think he gets more action in with the Holly Ho candy bar, but yeah. everyone knows the lollipop. Well, once again, that's something that they sell that lollipop at Spirit Halloween, and I want it so bad. Yeah. And this is where we find out that Krieg was the bus driver. You get it. It's all connected. Well, yeah, earlier we saw that he was, like, burning... He was, like, throwing away papers and stuff and pictures into his fireplace and burning them away. And that's when we get of, like, oh, we see a young him beside the kids that he, like, helped kill. And it's like, that's in the fire. And you're like, oh... There's a knock on his door and trick-or-treaters show up and he's all bandaged, but now he's, I think, out of fear, found the spirit of Halloween and he gives them candy. And the one kid goes, I like your mummy costume, mister, because he's all bandaged up. Yeah, that's funny. And I also love it's all like old man candy where it's like those white mints and like peppermints and shit like that and like butterscotch. Oh man, butterscotch is a gift though. I love butterscotch. Well, uh, how much of, like, because earlier in the, like, kitchen, I always thought it was really weird where, like, you saw his entire kitchen is littered with, like, whiskey bottles, and some of yeah. them have been sitting there for so long, they're, like, covered in dust. Yeah. So I'm surprised he's not just, like, handing out those, like, little, like, fireball shooters to kids, being like, this is all I got, sorry. <laughs> it's <laughs> still like, in the spirit. Cigarettes? And then you also see the couple from the opening going back home. After those kids get the candy, you see the werewolf girls driving in the car. You see Rhonda walking with the wagon. Here's all of her stories right there. You see the little future serial killer kid sitting on his porch, dressed like his dad with the blood on the shirt. So all of the stories connect in this one moment, and it's kind of beautifully done, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, co- I was about to say that. It's so beautifully done, and I love it. It's, like, really seamless, and it brings everything together, and you're like, huh. And then it goes, if I remember right, it goes to now, like, Sam is looking across the street, and he's almost like, well, I have this sucker that, this uh, sucker weapon I made, and I didn't get to use it. And then he sees the robot lady blow out the pumpkin and goes, oh, okay, yeah. I can go kill her. <laughs> he goes over there to do that and then there's one more knock on the door Krieg opens it up and it's the bus zombie children is it the vampire that says it yes where like he's like trick or treat and you're like it's like at the end of the uh, first episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead when Pablo looks at uh, Ash and he goes how do you feel and Ash goes groovy and it cuts into that music and you're like fuck yeah it's that same kind of feeling yeah, and then his kill is kind of cool, too, because although we don't see it in live action, you see it in comic book panel as the credits go. Right. Which I thought was a cool creative choice. And yeah. Yeah, like I said, credits, that's the end of the movie, and what a movie it is. Holy fuck. Trick or treat. This has become, like you said, it just got released in 2009, but it um, it's, it, it became such a fixture of Halloween, where it's like right up there with like, the classics now, where it's like uh, Halloween from 78 with Michael Myers, the Charlie Brown, uh, it's a great pumpkin Charlie Brown special, you know. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I know. That, that one is people, classic. For most I know. people, Greg. I know. But yeah, you're right. It's become one of the staples of Halloween. And it's amazing because the first time I kind of heard about it, I was still in the stigma of like, oh, that was really straight to DVD. Pass, you know. I used to be like that, when, especially when I was like in high school a little bit, like yeah. some would still get me, but I realize now straight to DVD movies are a gift and there's so many amazing ones that I love. Oh, because they can do so much more than this fucking big budget studio movies. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I love those too. There's quite a bit that are incredible, but for horror straight to DVDs is always like a staple for me, like that I really like. Yeah. And now I've come around to like, I mostly hate the horror that gets released like theatrically and I love all the shit that gets released like straight to streaming or DVD or shit like that. <laughs> I'm mixed bag on it because Malignant was a theater movie and I loved that and I'm assuming I'm going to like Halloween Kills quite a bit. Well, yeah, but uh, the last especially like decade or so, I mostly I mean even go I mean 20 years ish, I'm guessing even saying now. I'm thinking about, like, the Saw movies. I had no interest. The Conjuring movies, no oh, interest. Saw movies are great, but I'll give you the rest. Yeah. Insidious, I'm like, yawn. 
Oh, the Babadook. Oh, I could give a shit. <laughs> uh, you'd like Babadook, I think. All right. But you want to get into Count of the Dead? Yes. What are we at with the Count of the Dead? Ah, ah, ah. So last week we did the WNUF Halloween special. Last episode. I'm so used to saying last week. And yeah. it left us with a Count of the Dead of 602. Where do you think Trick or Treat brought us? Hmm. Well, I mean, I love that we're over 600 already. Yes. But yeah, we might get over seven with some of these movies that we're doing. Yeah. But okay, so I'm, I'm fucked because there are quite a few, I mean, especially during that werewolf scene. Yeah, that's the bulk of it. Well, that's the biggest single edition scene was right there. I'm going to say 13. Oh, you're off by a decent amount. Okay. We got 27. Holy shit. Yeah, you also remember those eight kids? I'm counting them as undead, so oh, they're like yeah. zombies. So I counted the eight kids. Right. Yeah, there honestly are, yeah. So it brings us to a count of the dead of 629. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we're doing great. We're on our way to 700. It's spooky season. Double features all month. It's a good time to be part of Throbbing with Horror. Uh, Well, every week, uh, every episode, Great does his count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. I'm doing it every episode. I know. (laughs) Um, And saying I do my rating system. But if you've been listening to the show, you know our hatred of uh, Siskel and Ebert and our love of Joe Bob. So that is why we do not do stars or thumbs up. Yes. Um, I like to do something one through ten, but from the movie to try to make it a little bit un- more unique. And I don't think of that thing until right this second. What's our metric this week, Brett? Let me think. There's so many good things. I mean, candy is way too easy. Jack-o'-lanterns would be a good one, but that's kind of easy, too. You know what? Let's do lollipops. Okay. So, um, one lollipop, it's like those, like, well, you go trick-or-treating and you get, like, a bag full of candy, and every once in a while at the very bottom would be, like, the smashed lollipop that you would just look at it, and you'd be like, not even worth it, and you'd just throw it away. And it's, like, coconut-flavored, and you're like, nah, I'm not really into it. I love coconut. Yeah, I like coconut as well, but the fake coconut flavor, I don't like. Oh, fair. It's like when you go to the bank and you get free lollipops, but they give you coconut and you'd be like, God damn it. <laughs> um, 10 lolly, like a number 10 lollipop is going to be like, like a Tootsie Pop or the lollipop from this movie where it's the fucking pumpkin, the jack-o'-lantern lollipop that gets turned into an awesome weapon somehow. Yes. Somehow I'm, a lollipop became an iconic weapon in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. To where they mass market and sell it. <laughs> I'm honestly going to give Trick or Treat 10 lollipops out of 10. This is a perfect Halloween movie for me. I watch it constantly because I'll, it'll be like, you know, April. And I'll be like, fuck, I'm not really like, I love Halloween. We're so far away from it. I just want to like get in the mood a little bit and I'll put trick or treat on and you're immediately back in that amazing mood, you know? Yeah, of course you want to know something wild. What? For the first time in throbbing with horror history, I believe we've had two entries into the hall of fame in the same month because 10 lollipops from me. Yes. Holy shit. That's fucking awesome. So yeah, we just had hereditary enter last week and now trick or treat. Yeah, dude, it's, it's perfect. It's like I said, the best Halloween horror movie, the most Halloween-centric horror movie that exists. And it's so, like, well done. Like, it intertwines everything well. There's not one of the story segments where you're like, I could lose this and it would make it much better, you know? No, a lot of anthologies, like, at the end, you're like, well, we could have cut that one. Well, yeah, like, I'm thinking about, um, like, Trick or I mean, uh, uh, Creepshow. The very first, I think it's the first part of the story when um they the couple gets buried in sand with televisions in front of them yeah and i'm always been like okay i mean at the end when they come back as zombies and they have all the seedweed it's cool looking but i always thought it was kind of weird with like leslie nielsen's there and like that yeah one, and there's I nothing like this lose. that i'd cut right or like body bags like the weird one where um it's the hair that's alive I still never saw body bags. You told me about it. I just haven't come across yet. I know Mark Hamill's in it, right? Yeah, Mark Hamill's in it, and his one is good. Yeah, I still need to see that. I've been meaning to. Yeah, but a lot of times with any of these ones, there's one of the segments you could lose probably and make it much better. This one, no. Yeah. 
Agreed. So, yeah, new Hall of Fame contender. And, as always, we'll run down the Hall of Fame whenever we add something new. So, if you don't know the Throbbing Horror Hall of Fame is any movie that gets a 10 from both Brett from Dimension Z and me, Greg of the Dead. And our current Hall of Fame class is Halloween, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Hereditary, and Trick or Treat. That That is, an, imagine that is just like in a night of movies. Oh, yeah, like a drive-in, like, festival yeah. playing all those in a row. Perfect. Perfect, yeah. Uh, I would love to have that. And that's what makes me look back on the list and being like, I completely still agree with all of them. Because you were yeah. saying on them, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, yes, yes. It's not like one of them, I'm like, eh, I don't know if that deserves it anymore. Yeah, no. Because there's some things that one of me or you will rate a 10 that the other doesn't. And I'm like, well, I get that. Okay. Right. But all those ones, perfect Hall of Fame candidates. Well, um, all this month of October, to do a little something special at the end of every episode, I'm doing Throbbing with Horrors Offering to Sam, which could not be more fitting for this movie because it's an offering to Sam from Trick or Treat or to Sam Hain. Exactly. This is the most appropriate movie for us to be doing this segment. And this movie is what made me think of this segment, is because, like, you don't blow out the pumpkins before they go out by themselves. You don't take down your Halloween decorations on Halloween. You hand out candy, you know. Yeah. Um, this week's is a little different. Okay. I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons' um, Treehouse of Horrors that's on Disney Plus now. Yeah. Like the old good ones from, like, the 90s and, like, okay. early 2000s. Um, do you remember the Burger King commercials from the early 2000s with those awesome, like, horror movie, like, Simpsons characters, like the little figures you'd get? Very, very vaguely. I remember the aliens, and that's about it. I remember the aliens well, and I remember um, Mr. Skinner as the zombie. I had him. Okay. But it always, uh, re-watching, um, because I saw a few of the uh, old Treehouse of Horrors in a row. And then the other day on TikTok, I saw one of the old Burger King commercials from the early 2000s, but it's the Halloween ones. And holy fuck, does marketing still work so well? Because fuck did I, if I didn't run out and go get Burger King. Yeah, it's funny about that. Like those nostalgic ads can still get you. Because I'm thinking, I immediately remember like how Burger King burgers and fries used to taste. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're just sad once you eat it. You're like, oh no. And I still like Burger King, but it's not as good as it used to be. And I'm sitting there eating it, being like, meh. I remember it being better when I was eight. Yeah. But that was this uh, this episode, just because it was it became such a nostalgic thing for me for like a minute, where I was watching all those specials, like the Treehouse of Horrors, and then it got me thinking about Burger King, and then those figures. Yeah, so yours is like an old like advertising thing like with that? Yeah, did you ever watch, like, the, were you a Simpsons kid? Not too much, I'd watch it here and there, but I have a similar thing to that, if you'd like me to add something yeah, to it. of course. I remember, when you said Burger King and horror, I thought you were going this direction, because I remember around Halloween when I was a kid, one year, they did the Universal Monsters toys, and oh. I was very excited, and I had a wolfman that would pop out of, like, a casket, like... And, like, you'd press the button, and he, like, or it was, like, a door that he burst through, and it was really cool. And I wish I still had it. I don't know what happened to it. But that'll be mine if we're talking about, like, fast food Halloween advertising. Yeah, or, like, do you remember the um, chicken nuggets that would dress up as, like, trick-or-treaters? That was McDonald's, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Well, I do not remember the Universal uh, Burger King thing, because that sounds a lot better than The Simpsons. Yeah, they had Universal Monsters one year for on Halloween. That's awesome. Really, even like if he just talking about advertising in general for a minute from back in the day when we were kids, like I remember they used to play Halloween commercials all the time. Like every yeah. commercial would change into a Halloween commercial. I mean, it's probably still like that. We just don't have TV anymore. <laughs> yeah, but the, I did see one uh, recently that Toys R I'm not Toys R Us. Um, Chuck E. Cheese is doing Halloween commercials now and they're advertising. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which I'm like, thank God it's still alive. Well, we mentioned Universal Monsters, which I have to use that segue, because yes. do you want to know what we're doing next episode? 
a next episode i'm very happy and i cannot wait for because we've been this next episode we were trying to find the right movie for it and we went through like five or six different ideas until we finally landed on this and we're like this sounds great yeah it's gonna be a good one and it's the monster squad and that is gonna be a fun time yeah, 100%, because it has all the classic Universal monsters together, and honestly, like, in their original form for maybe the last time. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, with them all being together and everything, yeah, you're right. Because after that, it started to go into, like, the 90s, where, like, everything, like, they did the Bram Stoker's Dracula, which, not saying it's bad or good, like, I haven't seen it all the way through. But it's but, different. Um, yeah, it's not that original form. Just like, I like the Brendan Fraser mu- Mummy movies, but it's definitely not the Boris Karloff Mummy at all. Yeah, I would take Karloff over Fraser anytime. Yeah, I got what you mean. So, like, it's the, it's one, yeah, you're right. It's the last time you have all of that, that way. Yeah, and I cannot wait to get to Wolfman Scott Nards. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so come back next episode and we will have that. In the meantime, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, we have all those. There's a Facebook group called Throbbing with Horror. And now we have an actual Facebook page because they release like Facebook podcasts where you can listen to it on there. If you want to like it, go ahead. Facebook's weird, but I made that. Play around with that a little bit. Yeah, which is always good when we get a new page. Yeah, something new. So yeah, basically search Throbbing on. with Horror and any of those things and you'll find us. Exactly. Well, that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, We'll see you guys next week for Monster Squad, and we hope trick-or-treats left your brain throbbing with horror.